0: Ever have I ever introed a joint pod of ours like when we you both did. were
1: co hosting? You, you did. You have like back at the beginning, I guess. I think it was we, back in the beginning when we were we are, originally were thinking we're going to trade off. We were going we to really, we trade off, and then we we're like, "Well, that doesn't work." And
0: you just grabbed the reins. Well, you're getting you're getting a lot of feedback from the, the Nielsen ratings
1: <laughs> saying that. When you were, I'm not sure why we abandoned that. We abandoned that.
0: It it spiked the 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 listens.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that's what we found out. Yeah, the dulcet town f- tones of my voice. I mean, listen to me now. I sound so good.
0: You were you a are sassy, low bass, sexy is what I'm yeah, hearing.
1: There's right a lot right. of low bass happening.
0: Like a like little gravel in the voice. Well, there's like,
1: a little gravel. The there's light. a little low, low, low bass. Oh, How man. Low can you go?
0: And you know what? I have to say, Jared, because you're yeah. Jared and I'm Ed from Windows Podcast. That's true. This is Windows Podcast. I think that's an appropriate sounding voice for this kind of surprisingly funky and sexy release of Prince's. That's true. Called The Chocolate Invasion, which we'll be talking about today.
1: That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. I'm affecting this. Well, you you know, I'm an actor.
0: Oh, when when did uh, did you start doing that?
1: Just recently. Oh, okay. Just just last week, I started doing it. And uh, I felt like it was appropriate to put on a character, a character voice. That's you want sexy, me to call you by a different voice. name
0: to keep you in character?
1: No, no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think that's necessary. I, I'm not that, I don't go that far. It's okay. not that extreme. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll respect that.
1: And I like the voice. I think it's, I think it's pretty effective. Hey. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for Here that. Here I Welcome, say. everybody. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Um. Yeah. So. Should I? Do you want to know why I have this voice? There's a reason. Oh, okay. I thought you
0: were you really were just just doing this on purpose for the review. No,
1: I wish I was that clever, but of course I'm not. Uh, Oh, now, 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 neither of us are that clever.
0: You earned that voice. I know. I know this. I I I actually know the inside story, but let's share it with the listeners.
1: Well, I will be happy to share. So, uh, what I've been doing, and, and this is, I mean, very tangentially Prince related, but I have been traveling. From Philadelphia the last three nights to Brooklyn, New York, former home of the Dodgers. Among Dodgers, Brooklyn. Dodgers. To see a band play. A band called The Hold Steady. One of oh, my hold, favorite bands. The Hold
0: Steady. Yeah. The
1: Hold Steady. One of my very favorite bands. Uh and the reason I say it's tangentially Prince related is um two reasons. One they, uh, the lead singer and songwriter uh, was well, the lyric writer. He's from Minneapolis.
0: There you go. Nice.
1: And they have a song in which he name checks Andre Simone. Ooh. How about that? Also, I'll say they're, the hold steady. If anybody doesn't know hold steady, I highly recommend them. This isn't our musicology feature. This is just a bonus. This is just bonus. a bonus I'm throwing out there. But if you, if you've never heard the hold steady, they're an incredible band. And they end their shows, like their big closing song every night is a song called Killer Parties. Okay. And uh, they end that song, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a jam at the end of it. And very often, the two guitar players in the Hold Steady, Tad Kubler and Steve Selvage, they will sometimes end that song by playing the Purple Rain riff. The, oh, the, nice. the purple rain solo riff that da, 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 yeah. Da, da, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i know what you mean yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: so anyway i've been traveling back and forth to new york uh very late nights to to uh rock and roll and i have one more night ahead of me and did then they, i'll be done they give you a punch card they should give me a fucking punch card <laughs> they should give everybody <laughs> they really should at least give me a free, I don't know, a coke, something, a, a decal, a decal, something, a decal, something, for God's sakes, a decal. Yeah, hey, absolutely. I want to say
0: before we move into this, uh, move on to our Prince stuff, I this is Prince related, but I just want people to know because uh, Jed was also recently on a podcast called Is It Called The Guitarists? It's called The Great Guitarist, The Great Guitarist, my bad. So I missed the great part of that um please listen to it guys it's on all your regular um places you would see on the apple podcast the spotify's i believe all those places um i it's it's in i know you guys are used to our two three hour <laughs> marathon sessions these guys have a similar approach They're from the uk um they talk about Prince as, as a guitarist and, and really isolate that part of his work uh, his gear i listen to some of it um jared's on the tail end um he i gotta say he i think this guy should do podcasts of his own he does all right at the end but you can say some more obviously you were on that on that
1: pod but, well yes the the um folks might remember our old friends at the state of America podcast who cover the black crows and um the, that was the connection here ian one of the hosts of that podcast um hooked me up with uh, the guys who run the great guitars podcast who are out of the uk by the by oh UK. They were they were doing an episode on prince and they asked me to come on and give some thoughts on what are some great guitar tracks for for prints uh, for people maybe who aren't as familiar people who want to take a deep dive into into his guitar work so they very graciously had me on the episode is up and live right now uh and uh, it was a lot of fun and they're really nice guys really really lovely people and it was very I, generous of them to have me on
0: yeah they sounded very fun and guys it's it's worth giving it a listen just to hear and, and they go into gear like i said gear a lot of really oh yeah gotta get into things. real
1: detail and, about this like if you're yeah. any
0: anybody even like a little bit of a guitar fan and can geek out on guitars you're gonna love this podcast yeah. and you gotta listen to hear jared's top five prince guitar release tracks whatever you want to call them um, give it a listen, because I'm sure it's like we when, when we get through his catalog, we're certainly going to be looping back to do things like his top five guitar solos his top, you know, we're going to definitely do that. So maybe a little sneak peek into that type of idea that we'll be doing after we finish the uh, the catalog for, for our, our dear friend Prince.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as and as you know, like what my five were that for that episode of that show, probably different today, probably different tomorrow, probably, yeah. you know. Yeah. It always changes, but it was really fun to do. So, yeah, give those guys a listen. They just started. That was only their fourth episode. So they're just so they're just underway. So it was really nice to to be brought on as a guest. So that was very cool. And
0: you know, a tip of the hat to them, because as we've talked about, Prince is a pretty. And in, in his career was a pretty underrated guitarist. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was just listening to some um, there's some real. I think I mentioned this in maybe one of the previous pods we did. Um, I've been in the kind of getting into a rabbit hole. Sunset Sound out in L.A. has been doing a bunch of different videos, releasing them, and you had Susan Rogers on and David Z and a lot of. Engineer Prince basically lived in Sunset Sound for a period of time, like just recorded there all the time. Right, and Susan Rogers was talking about she was in the uh, the engineering room with the mix board and all that, and Prince was in there reading a magazine, like someone had done a feature on him in Time. It was like more of a mainstream piece. And he read it and he was showing it to Susan Rogers. I like think Wendy and Lisa might've been there too. And he read through it with them. And he was giving them some quotes. And at the end, he just looked up and he said, no one ever
1: talks about me playing guitar. Really? Yeah. He said, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do we all need affirmation sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> even someone as amazing as
0: him, like, why aren't they talking about my guitar playing? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, well then this podcast is the one for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I also Ed, before we get started, I had two little mini pieces of Prince in the news. I oh.
2: want <laughs> Prince in the Macy
1: news. news. Uh, one was this: Rolling Stone just released. Uh, I think it was was it this week? It was this week. They released an interesting list. You know, ever you know, we love lists. It's yeah, it's all, lists. it's all about lists. It's all about lists. So they re- released a list of, of their the top worst- 50 lists. Of the top 50 lists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of all time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, grocery list was number one, which was well, shocking.
0: I, I, you know what? I, I thought it'd be in the top three at least.
1: It was, yeah, I was really surprised. No, they released a list of the 50 worst business decisions in the history of rock and roll. Oh, they're
0: scraping. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to say our guy Prince made the list. <laughs> Oh, for which which
0: decision was the name change or the? Yeah, it was the
1: name change. The was name it? Change. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. yeah, the the name change came in at number forty one of the fifty worst with decisions <laughs> yeah. of all time. Uh, so I wanted to uh, mention that. Here's what it says. I have. Oh, I have yeah. I'd love here. to hear this. Yeah. It said, "Quote Prince had every right to be frustrated with his Warner Brothers Records label in 1993. He he was recording music at a furious clip." and the company simply wasn't releasing it. He also felt the contract he signed with the label back in 1977 was unfair and essentially made him a slave. Mm-hmm. He decided the best way to fire back was to change his name to an unpronounceable symbol, thinking it would somehow nullify his contract. That's not what happened. Warner Brothers wound up selling sending thousands of computer disks containing the symbol uh, to media outlets so they would print his new name. They also referred to him as the artist formerly known as Prince. The whole gambit confused his fans and did little to help with his flagging record sales. When his deal with Warner expired in 1996, he changed his name back. I feel like that's a little, a little bitter. It, well, it's a little bitter. And also, I feel like it's giving Warner Brothers maybe a little too much credit power, and credit for how that went down. Yeah, but yeah. in any event, that made the list. And then there was a, the other piece of prints in the news I had, um, and I didn't, I don't have this entry in front of me, be, and there's a reason why. Um, Vulture, vulture.com, which is yeah. the pop culture website of uh, New York Magazine. They recently ranked every member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay? Oh, okay. And they ranked them on the basis of how worthy they were to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow, and the 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 guy who did it, yeah, uh, seemed to be very bitter. He had very particular opinions. <laughs> the
0: bitter, bitter people doing lists these yeah, days.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was very strange. A- anyway, the the prince, his entry into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was listed sixth most worthy, uh, deserving, most yeah. worthy, whatever. Yeah. But you know who was dead last? Stevie Nicks. Really, and he takes her apart saying that she's sort of really done nothing of consequence as a solo artist and never never should have been inducted on her own he slams queen he slams all these people and, and and you know we can say what we want about the rock and roll hall of fame and there's lots to say about it but this guy just rips apart musicians who have really considerable legacies so yeah. much so that I should have, I actually should have done this. I was reading the comments afterwards. Oh, I'm sure people were fired uh, up. Oh, they were fired up. People were fired up. Uh, it was pretty hilarious, but Prince's entry yeah. was deemed sixth most worthy.
0: Yeah, that's, that's
1: well, you know, those lists, it's all about yeah. clickbait and um, anger
0: porn, <laughs> like reaction porn, right? Like let's say totally. fire people fire it up and write.
1: Yeah, that's totally TV. what it's for, which is yeah. why of course we love them. True. That's uh, true. Truth, you know, true. No? Uh, Ed, so you mentioned earlier, we're talking about the chocolate invasion. Yes. What memories do you have of the none? Zero. There's. I none. mean,
0: honest to God, like I, I'll tell you this as we're going through the tracks, I remember these songs, some of these songs being released through, via the MPG music club. Um, and I remember liking some of them and really digging them, but I got to say like, Hey, I'm getting ahead of it. Believe it or not, so Are early, you so early in this in this podcast, so early. Yeah. But it's such a different experience to hear these packaged than they were coming out as one-offs. Like he was, I think yeah, he right, probably right, was right. releasing one a month, like a song or two, right? Right. And to hear this in a package is a whole different experience to me, right? So, but um, I don't, I don't recall this like that. He, you know, musicology came out, then this came out, then slaughterhouse came out. Like I don't remember even remember like having any sense of these two those two other albums Slaughterhouse and um, and Ch- Chocolate Invasion
1: I really don't right. yeah. I'm
0: assuming you had no in- none sense of
1: no no none, yeah, none, I mean, none none yeah. I I have no memory of it I had no knowledge of it beforehand I was excited to listen to it so I like I have nothing to bring to the table to that part of the conversation I didn't even know this was out at the time Yeah
0: Yeah So um So it's interesting that, and uh, maybe you'll get into the facts and figures you can talk about like some of where the material was coming from? Yes, I have. Okay, so I'll, of that. I'll yes. hold on that. I'll bite my yeah. tongue on that stuff. Let you, yeah. let you let you let you do your. Well, thing. should we do
1: it? Should we should we do facts and
0: figures? I mean, I don't think <laughs> there's not really my, I don't think a lot to say about there's this, not a lot to say about that this coming out because I think I don't think there was any sense of it. I mean, for me and uh,
1: certainly for you. Um, so. no, no, definitely not. So let's do it. So here we go. Here are some facts and figures. Bring those chocolate invasion and facts and figures. Uh, news on the marsh. <laughs> Uh, for the chocolate invasion here we go uh the chocolate invasion was released on March 29th 2004 most of these tracks were recorded between uh 2000 and 2001 uh, except for the dance the track the dance was recorded as there was a version of it recorded as early as
0: 1999 oh
1: okay the length of the album is 49 minutes and 19 seconds of course it's on the mpg record label um it's the 29th studio album uh, from prince Um, And, Ed, as you said, it was uh, released as a download-only album through the Music Club. All of the tracks, except the dance, were previously available on the same website in 2001, although some may have had rearrangements in in music or lyrics. Uh, There was a single released, Ed. Do you know know what the single was? I think I know what it is. hit, Hit us with that. You Make My Sunshine. Indeed, so, and that's a duet with Angie Stone. Angie Stone is Angie. I,
0: is she from Philly?
1: No, is she? Oh, is Angie from Philly? Oh, I don't know. Looking it up. Keep talking. Talk look up. Keep talking. Uh, cover, uh, so so yeah, that was the only single. It was released in two thousand one. Uh, there were three more tracks that had been uh, released limited limited release as CD singles during uh, the Hit and Run tour. Super cute, underneath the cream, and Gamila were all released as CD singles. The album's title comes from a line in the song, Judas Smile. Uh, the dance, of course, was later re-recorded, and we'll, we'll come back to it when it does. It was yeah. it, it was included on the 2006 album, 3121, which we know is coming up right, right quick. Yep. Um, here's the other interesting thing. All of these tracks, except for Judas Smile and the dance, and, and this is what I think you were referring to, were at one point intended for a project that was going to be called hi
0: absolutely and, and not high. Album, i'm waving to you with a hand
1: no high, like high in the sky high, high in the air high way up high yep uh so, which is which is pretty interesting um the disc artwork on the download page sold a slightly different configuration of the album mm-hmm. originally uh that was missing the dance but including a song called my medallion suggesting a, a last minute change by prince um, in 2015, the album was released on music streaming service title, Jay-Z's service title, in in this different configuration. Um, and then in 2018, the album was released on Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. The album has never been officially released as a CD, although there are bootlegs of it. So it's only ever been digital, which yeah. I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the High Project was abandoned in favor of the Rainbow Children. Yep. That's what it got replaced by, right? Yep. Um, so six of the tracks on The Chocolate Invasion were meant for that. Um, and uh, let's see. Prince had been working on working on these tracks at Paisley Park during the summer of 2000. Two other tracks, called one called Golden Parachute and the other called Daisy Chain, which were included on the companion album to this Slaughterhouse, which we're going to talk about. They were also supposed to be part of the High Project. So it was the intent that these NPG Music Club releases were eventually, and Ed, you probably know this. They're going to be essentially they were going to be sold as a seven disc set.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, Which I saw is
1: nuts. That. That's nuts. And then this was going to be the first one, but the project was abandoned. He let it go after the Slaughterhouse came out, uh, and that, apparently that was due to logistical problems. Something about, you know, the marketing and the, you know, that's, that's what the story is. Yeah, that's what like production
0: is. issues, supposedly, but I think right. uh, I'm going to start releasing stuff on Sony and other places. So why do a 7? right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so um, let's get into some reviews. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear some. There are a few. So first of all, let me say this. Esquire, Rolling Stone, Stereo Gum and the Star Tribune. No review. All Silence. Of them. Silence. silence. Suspicious. Silence. silence. What does silence look like? It looks like this. This is what it looks like. It looks like this. (laughs) now. uh, Let's see. Uh, There was a site. There was a site that was new to me. You know, I'm always finding new, interesting review sources. Yeah. Um, There's a site that's called get into this, which has ranked every project. Prince has been involved with. And this was, I had never seen this one before. They don't give reviews. They just give rankings. Okay. And so in their rankings, they're including every single thing that he did, uh, no matter if it was under released under his name or not. They ranked the Chocolate Invasion at 58 out of, out all, of, uh, out of like, it was like 60 some. Probably. Oh, so it's
0: pretty low, lowly ranked. No yeah, low it's
1: level pretty level. low ranked. Yeah. Um, I did find uh, the Guardian did give us a ranking and a review. They ranked it 33rd okay. and they gave it, a th- they gave it three stars. And they said this quote, unintentionally tittersome title aside, an inconsistent patchwork of tracks previously given away on the MPG MG- Music Club website, worth seeking out the single Super Cute. That's all that they said. Interesting. Interesting. Our friends at Wilson and Alroy. Wilson and Alroy. Hey, I feel like that's a... Meet George Jesson. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Wilson and Alroy. Wilson and Alroy. Yeah. Uh, This is what they had to say about the chocolate invasion. Quote, Prince's ongoing experimentation with distribution models next led him to form a new fan club in which membership would not only get you preferred ticket access, but also monthly downloads that would include new material in addition to live cuts and goofing around. I can testify that the ticket access was more than worth the annual cost, but the new material was generally considered lacking. In 2004, after the club had been shuttered, Prince collected nearly all the tracks released on these audio shows on two downloadable albums. These tracks are mostly the sort of techno funk he can turn out in his sleep with Mm. a couple of mellow seduction numbers. Mm. Most Prince albums have some throwaway tracks, but this is one of the very few with no keepers.
0: Wow. Ouchie. Yeah. Ouch, ouch.
1: Yeah. Um, our friends at Goldie's Parade what over. What's Goldie's
0: UK? saying at their parade?
1: Absolutely. What are they saying at their parade? They have three stars for the Chocolate Invasion. Okay. And they said this. Uh, volume one of what was supposed to be a seven disc set. The Chocolate Invasion was only supposed to be released with uh, was only released with volume two, the Slaughterhouse, comprising 10 tracks. These are the cream of the crop of the MP3s available separately over the life of the NPG Music Club before Prince lost interest in that by 2004. The Chocolate Invasion is therefore excluded by many from Prince's studio album discography, but it is in all essence a compilation of previously released or previously unreleased and studio finished music. And if Crystal Ball is always readily included, then so should this. There you have it. So is there anything good on it? Six songs are for Prince's Aborted High album, which was skipped in favor of the more worthwhile The Rainbow Children. The Dance is the only track to receive a full commercial release, a fact that underlies this track as the best in the collection here. Others worthy of seeking out are When I Lay My Hands on You, Underneath the Cream, and Vavoom. But because The Chocolate Invasion is a compilation rather than a collection of songs conceived for one album, it makes quite an eclectic listening experience. Interesting. I thought so, and then we have one more. This is from I've referenced these guys once or twice in the past. I think they're called Rock NYC. Okay, does that ring a bell? I've 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 found their some it's, reviews from them in the past. It's not, but you know my memory. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, my name's Jared. uh Oh,
0: that's what, what are we
1: doing here today? Exactly, exactly. So this is from rock NYC. They said, quote, going through the new power generation club releases has felt like hard work at times. It is like Prince was trying to convince you all your love for him was misplaced. And that first impression, the one where he was a gnomic asshole, like Lou Reed, only half the size and a touch more ego. That was the real Prince. I mean, that that line alone, wow. makes it. that line alone makes it worth it. The Chocolate Invasion reminds me of one of Elvis Presley's better low-budget albums. There's nothing to really hold it together and no reason for it to work so well, yet it does click, and it sounds as though it is all coming from the same place. Maybe it is a compilation of tracks from mixtapes with no physical release. Maybe that's what it was, or just odd tracks he thought up through the MPG uh, website, like Kanye's old TGIF songs from a couple of years back. They are just songs that have been hanging around and deserve to be brought to our attention again. I prefer it to 3121 or the over-eager art official age stuff. He isn't trying as hard here, and so the rewards are cooler. He doesn't sweat it, and his coolness works for him a real find, grade A-minus.
0: I think I bumped into that review when I was doing some of my own little work on the on the album. We talked to the yeah. research team about it. So some interesting things said there, and some uh, things I agree with actually. So
1: yeah, uh, I think there's some interesting yeah. things there as well. I I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. But the line about Lou Reed is worth the price of admission alone. I, I,
0: well, I knew you. I I was That's almost going to share that with happened. you because of the, that reference to Lou Reed. I thought you'd love that. So, so
1: great, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so those are our limited facts and figures on the Chocolate Invasion. Love it.
0: I think, you know what? Let's stop messing around, as Prince would say, and God stop messing about, and let's just get into it.
1: Let's just let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Track number one on The Chocolate Invasion. This is titled, When I Lay My Hands on You. The message you're
3: about to is not meant for transmission. Should only be accessed in the privacy of your mind. Are intense, so my dear, if you dare to listen. Take off your clothes, lead me between the lines. I
2: am touch that
0: you
1: go what's your feeling on massage? Oh, I usually
0: I usually ask for a very like a uh, harder massage. Is that what you meant by that question? <laughs> what kind of well, feeling do I like in the massage?
1: Well, I, I was just sort of asking in general. Uh, I think you, it's I a big pro fan. massage.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. If that's on the yeah. ballot, I'm voting for it. Listen, I'm all about I'm campaigning. I'm canvassing like <laughs> I was in a groove in my 30s when I that was like a monthly expense like i would go i never felt i don't know why i haven't well there's a pandemic that made it a little hard to do massage but like i got to get that back on my schedule it reminded me that would that made a big difference into my general stress level and just body feeling okay how about you do you do you do that often or have you do do that at all Uh,
1: you know what uh not lately either obviously but there was a stretch i there was a stretch for a while not unlike what you were saying like i i had a friend who moved away from philly who was a licensed massage therapist And uh, she would give uh, really great massages that I have terrible like shoulder stuff, like there's always like stuff to my shoulder, yeah. yeah, And she would really uh work on them for me. And I I did that, there was a few months where I did it once a week. Um, I get it, it, you know, it was just incredible. I couldn't afford it after a while, but it was it was pretty great. Um, so yeah, I'm pro massage, I'm definitely pro massage. What do you think of this? Laying your hands on you when I lay my hands on you, what do you think of this track? I
0: just my first thing and this is a general note about this album now you think about this album was created about the same time as he's going into rainbow children man prince getting a little dirty here man a little dirty a little dirty yeah. and yeah i mean and what a great first i don't know who sequenced this thing i don't know if it was did you say when did you say it got released on title was it after prince's death
1: yeah 2015 is when it was released okay like this first line
0: the message you're about to hear is not meant for transition should only be access to the privacy of your mind. Yeah. And he kind of just rips into it and like lines, like it's about to get freaky because of places I'll be kissing are the places that no one, no one man could ever find. Like my man's throwing down here. Like this is like, totally. This is more return to form. Yeah. From our previous conversation than what I think musicology was doing. But we can talk about, I'd like to talk about those two albums as we get to the end of this, this set. Um, I think I like that the easy keyboards he starts with here, and then it gets into this almost operatic kind of flurry with this guitar, but not in a way that I found like sometimes that pulls me out of a song when he goes in that direction with certain things. It just pulls me in even more. Like I just think there's something epic about this song. Um, that that he's crying out about what, what, what's going to happen with him and his and his uh, partner here. Um, and his vocal is one of those, and we've talked about these in other songs as we've been going dancing through his catalog. One of those great raspy raw falsettos, right? Like he's just purring and grunting and it's oozing with want, with need. Like that just comes out in the vocal so well. And then, of course, a great name check, check of Santana. And then he delivers on a Santana guitar solo. Um, Then there's these interesting, like at the end, like these loud bangs on a drum that just kind of come out of nowhere. And it sounds like this whole sexy, sexy ritual we've just experienced has come to an end, and it, and it just highlights his ability that we've talked about many times, Jared, to make sex sound sacred. Like, yes. I feel like yes. this is a great example of how he can pull that off. And what an interesting, and and, and I just found this a very cool opening track. What did you think of it?
1: I, I agree. I, I think it's a really solid opener. You know what really intrigues me about it is that it sort of just starts. Yeah. There's no, there's no preamble there's no, you know, it just sort of boom. You're just right into the verse, and Definitely. that's that's very, very unusual for him. I mean, I would go so far as to say I think it's the only time I've heard that. Where, where maybe maybe
0: there's... thunder from Diamonds and Pearls. Maybe oh,
1: maybe like thunder. Oh, yeah, but, maybe. But, thunder. Yeah, but yeah, I know what you
0: mean. No, Not typical. Not typical. Not typical <laughs> at
1: all. And and that sort of intrigues me in and of itself. You know what I noticed too is that the the key riff, the keyboard riff that we hear, it's very. It, it I don't think it's intentional, but it very much for me echoes strawberry fields forever
0: oh and a little, little like, bit yeah it's i know like
1: mean. a floating floatingness to it you know that sort of reminds me of that very strongly yeah um much like you i really like the tone he's using in his vocal um it's 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 more gentle at first and then it erupts into something stronger into the chorus which is really cool the santana reference uh in the lyrics and they, he plays a solo like carlos santana he just does it which is amazing and it's a doozy it's a doozy of a solo, I think. Um, the only my critique on this—this this is very minor—that sort of shimmering guitar riff that's behind it all, uh, behind every verse and everything—that yeah, yeah. I think that's a little overmuch. I would have, I think I would have turned that down a little bit in the mix. But that's it. That's a very minor okay. complaint. But I I like it. No, I like I like when I when I lay my hands on you. I think it's a good solid opener. I like it. All right, yeah. We got two
0: likes here. Two thumbs yep. up. Let's move on and see how we do with number two. This next song is called Judas Smile. You've been bamboozled, don't wait
3: till You thought that you could put me down Knock it up, page of my book You've been bamboozled, don't wait to. I'm Trying to ball, you will fall Never get a second look Before me, there was nothing
0: now jared i know you have a fascination with the historical judas so do you think he, <laughs> yes, was, he right. was he a necessary agent or was he just wow wow he evil? you're throwing at me
1: you're throwing at me I'm asking you if you like massage and you're asking me. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about deep thought questions, yeah. but I'm okay, not messing wait. around. Repeat anymore. the question. Repeat the question. What, oh, what did I question? just say? Remember my memory.
0: What did I just say? What was the list of? No, no. I said, was, was Judas, was he, was he a necessary agent that had to, you know, execute on this plan, this grand plan, or was he just this awful person? He's been betrayed as this betrayer.
1: Well, Ed, you have five uh, seconds uh, to answer. <laughs> I would say that uh, depending on your interpretation of the religious texts in question. I love it. Go for it, man. That Judas was uh, an agent of something beyond his control. And in that way, we should have greater sympathy for him because he never had a choice. I'm ding-ding in that. I like that. That would be my... I'd have a
0: similar read. I mean, that, and that was later obviously like when we you, you went to well you went to catholic a bunch of things i went to catholic I went to school.
1: Catholic school my entire fucking life
0: bless your heart my friend um yeah, yeah. Mm. i'm still shaking off the grade school experience but like uh-huh. uh, but no i mean I, I think that's a i think that's i like that read of it
2: well
1: you I, know i always i always thought it was rough that uh you know for, <laughs> for those of you who remember your dante and the inferno and the nine circles of hell the last circle of hell was reserved for traitors, like the worst circle, and yeah. the people that were in there were Judas, and Antony—not Antony, excuse me—Brutus and Cassius from Julius Caesar. Those were the three that were in the in the last circle of <laughs> like, hell,
0: like Dante's last circle of hell. Make sure you check out the Judas room.
1: You check out the <laughs> Judas room. It's, it's it's smaller and less comfortable than you might think it would be.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. What did you uh, think about Judas' smile? This track.
1: Well, right off the bat, it's kind of about the propulsive rhythm of the percussion for me. Yeah, it's very propulsive and sort of just driving you along. I think it's that's the defining feature musically of the track is the percussion. Um, And it seems very clearly to me, I'm I'm guessing you agree with this, that it's an anti music business track. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it sounds like to me. I
0: I Uh, have a a slightly different read, but I'd certainly yeah, I see where you're coming from. Okay.
1: Um, I mean, I, I, it sounds to me like he's dealing, the, the track is dealing with someone who would betrayed him in a business sense. I mean, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was going from from this line. I changed your name. It didn't suit you. I did the same for a little while. And right. Your love led to revenue, talking about the money, in return for a Judas smile. I'm surprised in that line he did sneak in and I was ranked sixth as a, what was it, first business decision? <laughs> <laughs> Forty first, 40, 40 42nd worst business decision. Um, <laughs> and there's more of that throughout the track it definitely I, I think there's definitely some anger that courses through this i'm not sure who mr ozzy man is i, I don't know that either was, i was
0: yeah if anyone that's knows, an australian
1: that's i guess i would imagine uh, uh you know I, I i intended to look more into that and i just i the guess the guy from men at work is it Colin, Colin Hay. Hay? But Colin Hay secretly Scottish, so that's a problem. That's oh, a, well, then there's a, there's, a, there's there's that's wrong. That's wrong. That's uh, but then you know he also he name checks a bunch of people who clearly admires and respects his fellow. Yeah, artists, like those name checks. Yeah, um, people who also maybe were wrestling with you know, m- music industry decisions and stuff like that. Um, the more the track goes on, the more intrigued I am by it, and its rage really engages me. I gotta say, yeah. I don't know that on the whole that i find it that successful musically mm. but its message is pretty powerful i think um t- but tell me your take i'm curious what, what your read on it was a
0: lot of it's similar like i mean i i my, well first of all like the previous song i said this is prince getting sexy and i'm like this is prince getting mad, Ooh, getting prince mad, mad. he's mad,
1: mad, mad, mad. but
0: to, to your point it just takes off like this thing just it hits the ground running and it's moving and I love the, the chorus, the bin bamboozled hoodwink took uh, line and that 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 trio of, of phrase. Like, I just love it. And it just it just so happens. I think he wrote this around the time that he was preparing. We're going to hit the song, I think, in the in the slaughterhouse with that. He wrote a song for Bamboozled. Oh, right. the, the For Spike, film. For Spike yeah. Lee's film. Yes. Yes. make it sound like I know Spike. Spike's film, you know, oh, you know, Spike. You know, when Spike was making, movie, today, was making that movie, everybody's making that movie, bamboozled. <laughs> um, anyway, so he might have been just grabbing that title. That might have been a little bit of an inspiration, at least lyrically, for him here. Um, I love the great great tempo, like you said, just drives on. Um, I like that that kind of, those three, like, kind of just, I wouldn't say um, wild thing kind of guitar riff things, but rhythmic guitar stabs. Like, yeah, yeah. There's this hectic synth plopping underneath everything, right? little dabs of like high-pitched guitar and screeching sounds he's doing it he sounds wonderfully like you said i think he sounds wonderfully confident and almost militant here like the lyrics just come across like he's just very confidently throwing these daggers out and i think it's it's great i think it's better than some of his other similar types of tone track like undisputed face down like there's a certain hectic energy here that i really like it reminds me of the tone of it and his confidence reminds me of the rap he does on the graffiti bridge track, the latest fashion. Um, you'd have to go back for Prince heads. Well, you probably know what I'm talking about, but that, that kind of reminds me of that around the 250 mark. I like his, there's a little breakout with like a little guitar grind out that happens there. Then he starts like picking the guitar, like it's almost classical. Like he starts different. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Style. Um, then he comes back to the ch- that chocolate invasion lands really nicely. That kind of breakout with chocolate invasion. um, and then I even like when he does the old school breakout, he does the old school thing and he brings in some keyboards that sound like, you know, the way he was using since back in 1982 or eighty eighty three 83 or whatever. Like, and like to your point, I love the name drops common Curtis, Lenny Kravitz, Larry Graham. And if you're using your hashtag Bose sponsor a, sp- a headset, but there's whispers of other names besides the ones he has yes. on. Yes, Heidi right. LaBelle, Erica Badu, of course, all that. So, I actually I re- I really like this track too. So I'm yeah. like two for two for me right now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I oh I'm with you. So that being said, let's move on to track number three on The Chocolate Invasion. This is called Super Cute. On a
3: 747. About 11, she comes to see him. him she comes to see uh. And it's never complicated Other women cannot fade it Whenever I call She gets dressed up, you Super cute Baby, cause come from East L.A. Every time I see a body on display I gotta call her name
1: um and i was recently um there's another podcast that i i listen to quite a bit that uh our listeners are going to want to become familiar with it's called 60 songs that explain the 90s
0: oh tell me more about it
1: yeah yeah it's really really great this uh guy named rob hart villa he's a music ju- journalist uh who i think spoiler alert is going to be a guest on the show at some
0: Ooh, point Ooh, interesting
1: um he does this really great uh thing where he kind of he takes these songs that are from the decade of the 90s and he breaks them apart not only in terms of their own history but in terms of his own personal history and how they relate to him yeah uh and there's an episode in which he talks a lot about um <laughs> Winona Ryder okay and how there's like a, a shocking number of songs written for or about winona Ryder, i did not she, know that she was just sort of the object of of, uh, of obsession huh. for so many sort of like alt rockers or whatever and i guess what i'm going with there is winona is kind of super cute back in the day would you agree that winona is super cute or was or is i don't want to say she's not now
0: yeah no definitely did, i mean winona i to do it for you I, I don't know if I was like, I mean, I think I, I was like, oh, she's cute. I don't think I was like, oh wow, Winona known a writer, I should write a song about her. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like yeah I know. You
2: know,
0: yeah. um, but I could see that. I don't know if I would describe her as super cute. I think I think given that era, my take, yeah. 90s grunge, all she had sort of an alter alternative look. She had dark hair and had more of like almost like a goth, natural goth. Oh, she like, totally she did. So I could see why people were like digging that. So um and she was hanging with Johnny Depp. She
1: was hanging with Johnny. Oh, yeah, Yeah. she was hanging with Johnny. And then uh, Minneapolis-related, she dated for a while Dave Perner, who was the lead singer uh, and frontman for Soul Asylum, who were from Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, So so stay tuned,
0: because we're going to do our list of of Winona Ryder's top boyfriends. So we're going to have that (laughs) coming out soon.
1: That's going to be coming out soon. (laughs) What do you think of this track, Super Cute? Um, I said I wrote here. Prince getting kinky,
0: yeah, man. In this one, um, I like the piano bass, like that low key piano bass hook he has in this, and it's like a little sneaky reggae groove going on, like mm-hmm. you know. And and honestly, off, off out of the gate, I'm I'm hooked. Like I love the the chorus chant. Um, I think it's incredibly catchy, incredibly right. catchy. The groove's really solid. Um, and you know, it's I love when he prints has he has a uh, what Oh, he changes keys for the line. Oh, my God. I'm, let me author edit this out. I'm not even sure what I wrote down. Your groove is solid to keep things as is. But being. Oh, oh I see. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm saying Prince being Prince, the groove by itself could have probably sustained the song. Like he didn't have to really play around with it. But I love him being who he is. He would like get to the lines right before the chorus and he changes keys and it slows down. And it's just an odd change. Yeah. And then it's like kind of just gets lifted back up by the chorus, and it's such a Prince thing because you're just surprised by it. So that's just again a little little nugget of his genius. Um, and then there's really some really nice guitar and bass at the end of the song too. So I I actually I'm I'm liking this one as well. Throwing yeah. I, category.
1: I like it. I like it too. You know. I, I first of all we start with this sounds of an airplane taking off, which is sort right. of right. Then there's this piercing guitar well. There's something about the production of this track. Tell me if you think this sounds right. There was something tr- like charmingly echoey about it, like mm. it was recorded inside of a warehouse or something. There's a lot of reverb, and normally I don't I don't care for that, but it it works here for me for some reason. Um the vocal and the guitar are way up front in the mix. They're way up front, uh, which is which is interesting. Um I think the chorus has a great vocal rhythm to it, which I dig. I don't think I mean, I agree with you. He's being a little kinky. I don't think that he's covering new ground lyrically. Oh, No, again, no, no, so no, no, not no, at no. all. But I still, I still like it, and I think there's some really good, if if not, wholly remarkable, guitar work on this track. And then as this, uh, I particularly like as the track sort of comes to a close, his guitar playing takes on a more, um, the word I wrote down was liquid, like a liquid sort of sound mm. Um, mm. As, as he goes on, and I like that a lot. It works a little better for me. So no, I like, I like super cute. No, I and, like the,
0: and, and I like the the, the the introduction of the airplane noise because it just gives you, it kind of fills the story out that he's either flying out to East LA to, to meet this gal or she's flying into, Min- he's flying her into Minneapolis. Totally. Right? Yep, like, yep. This is yep. his like crazy hookup date that he, he, he connects with every once in a while. Right. Maybe,
1: maybe it was Winona Ryder. We don't know. You know what?
0: Or yeah, it could have been Winona. It's a good point. Yeah. it all comes back to Winona. Right, let's move on. So the next, <laughs> next track here is called underneath the Creek." a little more is what i to uh, jared I, I think it's well known that you're a big ice cream fan
1: <laughs> is it am i i guess that's don't true. you have that famous list of your top top ice wow. creams man you are just throwing lists at me i yeah. know i'm done i'm stopping <laughs> i don't have a famous but i do enjoy some ice cream do you? We all do. Does everybody We give
0: a shout out to some Philadelphia local, local ice cream maker named, named Franklin Fountain. If you're ever visiting Philadelphia, oh, I don't
1: know if I have, but we certainly should. Let's do that. Franklin Fountain is kind
0: of incredible, and they have some really interesting. We we went there back in the summer, and I'm trying to remember what flavors we picked out that were. They're always kind of unique. Little. Oh yeah, flavors. you
1: know what? If I remember right, didn't I get honeycomb? I you think did I got get honeycomb. honeycomb. Yeah, it was excellent. It was, it was really, really good. good. It was really good.
0: And I got what the heck's that? Um, it's that weird berry that there used to be a gum for. Like, oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, you did. It's called um. Oh, what the hell is it tea called? Tea berry. Tea berry.
0: Tea berry. I tea berry ice cream guys. Like they're, they're and they dress up. Because it's old school soda fountainy looking stuff. Like the the workers there dress up in the old school outfits with the little cats and all that. And and it's 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 if you're ever visiting Philly, go check them out. They're really really awesome. They're really good. Um, how about would you would you recommend people to check out this track? I I
1: don't maybe. Maybe I would. I'm I think, surprised. I know there's so. Uh, here's what I have to say. There's a there's a wonderful muted quality to the baseline on this track that I want to say right off the bat. I like a lot. I really like that a lot. I like his self harmonizing with his falsetto and his like his middle range, which is really cool. My thing is this: the the I like the music on this track a lot. It's got sort of a a neo soul coffeehouse kind of vibe with a little touch of his 80s style the keyboards the keyboards as strings the little accents throughout that's very much 80s modulation
0: going on yeah different stuff yeah the
1: the the rap the sort of rap is kind of negligible for me but here here's where here's where i here's where i come down on the other side lyrically i find it a little tiresome Mm. um this is not the most clever song about sex or or vaginas, frankly, you know. I mean, he's just sort of sort of putting it out there. Deep- There's a list we need to create at some point. <laughs> you know, I mean, like his top five songs about vaginas. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, saying things like "deep inside your life giving ocean." I don't know. I mean, I feel I like, see. yeah, I feel like I would rather at this point him be more explicit after 20 plus years of him singing about sex than sort of doing this weird dancing around thing that he's doing about yeah. the subject matter. Um, so, but, but the thing of it is, I think ultimately, as I listened to this a couple of times, I found myself not paying so much attention to what he's saying, but just floating along with his vocal and the music, which, as I said, I like a yeah. lot. So yeah. this one is a bit of a dichotomy for me. I would not recommend it for the lyrics at all, but I really like the music. So that's where I, that's where I fell, fell down on for underneath the cream. What about you? What do you well, think? It's you?
0: funny. Cause I think you just, you just,
1: pretty much described i think my take on this song
0: i remember this song specifically as a release yeah monthly release and really liking it yeah. and i honestly it was more because of the what you described in the latter part of your description which is i think i just love the groove and how chill the it groove. was yeah the and groove is give, excellent and i wasn't even given two shits about the lyrics like i just was like underneath the cream cool the reason i'm surprised is my and i don't have a lot to say about this track i i like it i like that it. it's chill it's really relaxing It reminds me it's groove and tone and basic structure. It tells it says to me, this is like a close relative in music, not in lyric to pink cashmere. I think it sounds a lot Uh, like pink uh, cashmere.
1: Yeah. You know what? You're right in saying that it is. It's a relative. It's a cousin of it. Definitely.
0: So I thought you might be like, I mean, it's, it's not doesn't have that stature that no, that song does no. of course but like it, it's it has a similar type of feeling and groove i thought you might have yes. liked it a little but you yeah. said you like the music so i do i
1: like the music a lot i like the music a lot i think that it could be stronger lyrically but i like it a lot yeah well ed let us move on to track number five on the chocolate invasion Let's this is it. titled my medallion <laughs>
3: The summer, mm. rather late in the day, uh, it's pretty fine. She walked up to me, uh, she said she was good to play. Uh,
1: she told me to Ed, I don't think you're much of a jewelry wearing person. Absolutely true. Have you ever owned? A, a medallion of some kind, something you wore, like a religious medal, or like did you ever have something you wore around your neck? Anything like that?
0: Um I was in the I think it was a fairly common practice where I was growing up around senior year of high school into uh early college days
1: to have the gold chain around the neck. Oh, did you do that? Yeah, I did. Classy. classy. How about you? Uh not really. I remember <laughs> I was given a a gift um sometime when I was in high school that was uh um uh, I think it was a St. Michael the Archangel medallion. Okay, that I, yeah that I had that I, I I would wear once in a blue moon, but I, I'm not I'm not really a jewelry person either. That's why we get along. I've never understood guys, athletes who wear these huge chains while they play, like while they're pitching and stuff. Like I don't understand. I,
0: yeah. It's amazing to me too. I mean, it, there's some sizable jewelry on people. I, I,
1: it would be so distracting to me to feel it swinging around. I don't know. I don't get yeah, it. I'm with you. I'm what with do you me. think of this medallion, my medallion on the chocolate invasion?
0: Mixed feelings about this one. Honestly, okay. uh, it, it, I like, there's a nice stuttering drum, uh, like the sort of lightning guitar that's happening in it. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the opening, though. I love this explanation of "Hey, hey, guys!" You
1: know, right. about
0: a girl who's yeah. bad, and it's yeah. like I don't mean I'm not I don't fine. mean
1: fine. I'm not I mean fine. bad. I'm bad, like
0: bad, and like he's giving all these, you know, uh, negative.
1: I mean, she robs her mom's, kind of bad. Yeah, <laughs> that really kind of great. bad, right? Then he sure. goes through
0: all the list of things, and at the end, he goes, "Oh, oh, she's she's fine too." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really funny. That I lo- I love funny. that opening,
0: right? Um, I gotta say, the chorus is catchy. It's I mean, this is like. This is spill the wine, isn't it? This is spill the wine. Yeah,
1: yeah, you yeah. Know?
0: Spill the wine. Yeah, very much. Don't know why. Like it's, yeah. just, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, I like this one run a lyric here where he says, "Was all that was running through the middle of my mind? There are many elements: wind, fire, and water, but none quite like the element of surprise." Mm. Will you go, Prince? I mean, I think the story's a little silly and fun. I mean, there's nothing to the story, right? It's all about him getting his medallion back, essentially, is what this is, right? right. So maybe you've read more into it than I did. But, I mean, I, I like, it's not like I dislike it. I think it's fine, a fine song. I, in my opinion, it's one of the weaker tracks on the on the album, though. But, um, but it's okay, you know.
1: I, I got to tell you, I'm a little charmed by it, actually. Um, charmed I think- like a medallion? wow look at that look what you did there unbelievable there's <laughs> he's the best color man in the business folks there's thanks, a reason guys. thanks everybody appreciate it um no i'm kind of charmed by it i think there's it's like a like you said first of all the beginning is pretty funny i i, I do think it's pretty funny that no no i mean she robs her mom's. So <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um but i do think this is sort of a funny little because it's a full narrative right like we're sort of following this full story of 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 him chasing this this lady down you know um which is sort of amusing i do think it's got it definitely has a groove like the rhythm is pretty Mm -hmm. it's pretty great i think i really like the um that keyboard riff that do 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 you know that yeah that's pretty charming yeah Yeah, it's almost fluty keyboards yeah and then there's a moment where the i mean the solo on this are competing keyboard riffs which is fun. I mean, there's some guitar in this, but not much. It's really the keys in those drums. Yeah. The yeah. Drum machine uh rhythm, which is pretty cool. I, I was sort of intrigued too. There's at least two moments I wrote down um that it sort of breaks down into almost a Twilight Zone kind of like yeah. menacing sort of thing, which is kind of which is kind of charming. Um, I was wondering this. I might be overthinking this. So, you know, bear with me. But he once again, our guy Prince, much like he loves horses, we also know that he loves taxi cabs he's got a thing <laughs> he for cabs does love cabs yeah he loves a cab so there's another reference to cabs here she dropped my piece in the middle of the street the taxi cab about to run it down when the bling bling caught the driver's eyes he slammed on his brakes and jumped out his ride you know they call isn't it, i believe a taxi's license is called a medallion
0: oh that's true well certainly in philly you have to buy a medallion to actually operate a taxi Yeah, and i
1: know you do in new york too so i don't know if it's called a medallion everywhere but i wonder if that's that's interesting i never thought of that that's a good take i I wonder if i wonder if that sort of came up here um but uh you know but it's also like i wonder who michael yarbird is this character michael yarbird and uh yard bird bounced down the stairs of that house crushing that bad girl like the union army crushed the deep south
0: yeah like huh. apparently it took a long time for him to crush yeah <laughs> much higher yeah. than was expected
1: yeah and when the driver turned his head to get his peak on i entered at my medallion and broke the other way so i don't know if that's maybe he's another cab driver I don't know, man. Maybe it's a story of competing cab drivers, but I, I don't know. I, I think I like it a little bit more than you. I mean, I think you're right. It really is just spill the wine, but I'm still kind of, I'm the, the, the bouncing rhythm of that groove kind of takes me along with it.
0: Listen, I, I don't think I would necessarily say skip it in the run of the album. I think I listen to it, but I don't think it'd be like, Oh, I, definitely want to come back and skip around to get to this track again do you know well, what I mean? that's
1: fine you're, you're just yeah. more cynical than me and that's just how you live your life that's, so that's, that's been
0: that's been uh, well I, established I have, yeah well established <laughs> along the way here <laughs> all right let's move on folks the next one is a little track called vavoom Jared, were you a cartoon fan back in the day?
1: I sure was. I mean, we all were.
0: Was there is there a particular like sound effect of someone moving, per, like running, whatever that you like? Is there like you like the conga run? Like you know, like the, oh, the,
1: you know, like the yeah, yeah, like which... yeah before were... they take off. Yeah, um, you know what I think I was always a fan of that um, the sort of the the whistle bomb drop, like like whenever <laughs> Wiley e. Coyote runs out into the canyon <laughs> and then realizes <laughs> this... there's.
0: And always available to him, a small umbrella.
1: Always, always. available. Oh, always a little we small can...
0: umbrella there nearby in the yeah, middle. Or, of the desert. or a little
1: sign that says, help.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> was right. so disappointed when went out to Phoenix and went into the desert and couldn't find little umbrellas. Or I guess <laughs> or I would feel
2: safer. I feel safer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of a boom? So, um, well, let's see. I like the guitar uh, riff that he's playing under the verses a lot. I think the riff is really good. In fact, I would go far as to say that the the riff is the best thing on the track. Mm. But it's mixed low. He mixed it low unfortunately. But I think that the riff has like a a grunge meets the blues kind of feel mm. which really appeals to my ear. Yeah. But ultimately other than that, I don't have a ton to say here because I think ultimately beyond that I don't think this track is saying much of anything to be honest. It seems like an excuse to say the word "vavoom" a lot, and 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 to give that banging riff something to do. And I I really wish that he had taken that riff, which is such a banger, and given it a better song. I I just don't I I I found I found this to be other than the guitar riff negligible at best. Wow! Uh, so this, this is the first really solid miss for me uh, oh, wow. on the Chocolate okay. Invasion. You I'm guessing you feel differently.
0: I mean, I, I do. I mean, I think it's candy. I think it's em- it's empty calories, but I think it's a fun, groovy song. Like, it's, it's. I just, I wrote, like, it's really hard to mess with how catchy this mofo is. Like, it's just, it's a catchy, catchy song. There's not much to it, though. I'm with you. It's empty calories. It's There's not, there's a lot of just, like, sugar in this thing. Um, it reminds me in its structure, and I think you, you said it even better about how you described it in terms of this blues hybrid thing. <clears throat> it reminds me of the song Cream a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. Um, it, has, it has that type of groove, right? It has that type of groove underneath it. But I think this one's actually a little nastier um, in, in how he does it. Um, I, I like his vocal, like about, you know, with you, I can be an animal. Like it's it's that type of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. um, there's that nice grinding guitar, like you said, throughout. I, I like that he resisted with the song called Vivoom. I, I remember when this came out in the music club, I thought as I started hearing it and how it was kind of simply put together. Like you said, not not very sophisticated, it's kind of nice groove, catchy though. He was gonna put like a ton of sound effects on, akin to like tick-tick bang. Like, like, right. I, like right. I was I was kind of happy he did it. I like that he relied on his guitar to do accenting and different sound effects throughout. I think that was kind of nice. He just relied on the guitar for that. Um, to the question I posed to you, I feel like there's a little Fred Flintstone drums that happen along the way. A <laughs> conga thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I does. like his little guitar run. He does around the 325 mark. He does like a little, like, just like run on the guitar up the neck. Yeah. I think it's it's pretty solid. So, I mean, I'm with you in terms of like, this is not any type of like epic Prince track, but this, I think would have got Airplay. I think it would have been a catchy little little song. I think people would have listened to it.
1: Okay. I mean, you're wrong about that, but Okay. God, my god, you and your attitude. I don't even know what to say. Let's move on to track number seven. That's boom <laughs> out of this one to the next Let's one. get voomed out of here. All right. Uh this is track number seven on the chocolate invasion. This is titled Is it track seven or is it track six? Uh, no, no, it's track, it's still track seven.
0: It's track seven. Okay,
1: great, great, great. Let's move on to track number seven on the chocolate invasion. This is titled High. <laughs> Ed, now, I know you think that I would go this route with this question because um one of our sponsors, I, I should be like, I don't know, the cannabis society or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We 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 would certainly encourage founding you. member here. I, I know that you're yeah, you are a charter founding founding member of the Cannabis Society. I'm gonna ask you this. Yeah. Have you ever been uh i don't think this is true of you as far as i know but have you ever been afraid of heights have you ever been somewhere you got a little nervous because you were so i high? am
0: i am very afraid of oh, heights. are you afraid of heights yeah really no no it's true i um for example um two trips out west a couple times i've been to the canyon and my friend you saw yourself
1: running out there with just a tiny umbrella and then you've uh, is that why <laughs>
0: i jump off the edge with help see no. what happens The if <laughs> i float down to the bottom but um I have one. uh, uh, I love my friend to death. My friend Steve and went to college with him, but he's like annoyingly has no fear, like to the point where like you hear about like so many people fall to their deaths. He'll like go to the edge of a cliff and like lean over with his camera and like take pictures. And I am sitting on the ground, fifty feet away from the edge. Steve, get the hell!
1: You're in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Get the hell back
0: here, dude! Like you're gonna die, (laughs) and I'm not gonna rescue your body or have it like extracted. Also, I went out and saw a dear friend of mine out in Colorado. I forget what the name of the thing was. It was a, a hike we did. And it was like, what, it was like Devil's Crossings or something where like yeah. there was um, a very narrow pass, nothing on either side, but a straight drop for like a half a mile. <laughs> and I couldn't even get near it. Like I couldn't, them walking past it was making me freak out. So mm. your the answer is yes. Yeah, what about,
1: yeah. what about you? Um, I think you know what when i was younger i was more fearful of heights which isn't to say that they wouldn't make like something like that like a devil's pass like that i don't know if i could do that but i remember like the first time like going to new york and going to the top of like the empire state building and looking down and being a little freaked um but i think i've gotten i i wouldn't say i'm over it but uh i've gotten better about it mm. uh for sure but much like you like you look sometimes you look at those heights and i feel my stomach churn like i I, feel like like i feel the grip yeah like getting pulled out out towards it yeah
0: exactly i was in korea one time and went up to this this national park and they had these gorgeous it's a gorgeous park and mountains gorgeous mountains you could take like um an incline up to an observation point okay i went up there um and there was like a little coffee place and then i saw people walking out and going around the back yeah but i followed them out and they were going around the back and climbing up this ink this hill beyond the you know just behind it and and this was not uncommon. Korean women hiking in heels is just the thing they do. So I'm watching them and watching. watching you. They, you mentioned that before. Yeah. yeah they, and I'm yeah, like, well, crazy. they're hiking in heels. This can't be a, a major hike. Right. right? Like right. so I start going up and like I just described, I got so far and all of a sudden it was just a straight drop down. And I yeah. literally crawled back down on my ass. embarrassed. <laughs> like I don't care if I'm I don't care. If I'm embarrassed. Just right. I don't want to die because I feel like I was going right. to suck down into that into that uh that, that the, abyss,
1: into the abyss into the
0: abyss into The abyss.
1: <laughs> sometimes you look into the abyss and sometimes it looks into you
0: that's so true
1: what do you make of this track high are you scared of this track does it suck you in what does it do it
0: gets it sucks me in a bit i have to say like I, this is a this was a surprising track for me it was certainly a standout when it was released as one of the one-off monthly releases for me um, but it's, it's similar in Vavoom in, in, in this respect. I think it's a little bit, it's candy. Like there's not, I don't think there's a lot going on here, but it is what it is. It's just, it's supposed to be roll down your windows, summertime, turn up the radio and jam to this track. That's what this This is the whole purpose of this track, right? I think there's, there's great uh, drum programming in this. Um, and you see Prince's fingerprints throughout. There's like a slinky rhythm guitar. There's a light synth hook in this. And, and, um, like I said, I, I don't have much more to say uh, again, just to repeat that this, this is obviously the lyrical content also puts us right on the nose. This is about having a Friday after work, jam out, turn the music up, turn the volume up and Prince is going to have you dance. Right. And right. Um, I, I, I like it. I dig it. How about you?
1: Yeah. I feel like this is a throwback to when Prince was actively courting the dance music community yeah. when, he, when he was yep. putting out dance tracks Ah, uh, something to play in a disco, and I and I imagine that this would have been a pretty successful single in that arena. Yeah, you know, I'm not even sure if there are really dance clubs anymore like that, or you know, or if there are. I don't even know if there's a dance chart anymore. Maybe there is. Oh, I know That's that. neither here nor there. Um, I think that this is fine for what is what it is. I, his exhortations, Prince going to get you high. I find that interesting. Um, just just the need to. Um, assert his position in that in that area yeah oddly though this is an occasion where it does feel a little forced to me okay like the lady doth protest too much or something Mm. to that now having said that i want to agree with you there is i didn't use slinky but i use the word slippery a slippery rhythm guitar it's really great it's really really great um and then there's that keyboard riff you mentioned with also with almost like a bossa nova style piano oh room. at the
0: end yeah yeah yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Is,
1: which is pretty cool yeah and that further cements for me that this was intended for the dance floor i yeah. really do think this was meant for the dance floor so i like it fine i'm not the biggest fan of dance music in general but i think it's fine i think it's fine yeah cool.
0: all right nice nice solid fine so let's move on to this next track it is called sex me sex me not my
3: hips <laughs> do something, make your backbone slip uh, 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 and when I get through, you'll be confused Should you take another pill after morning, or play the fool Sex me, baby, sex me not Come to the airport, make it hot, hot
0: Jerry, did you ever do the old um she loves me, she loves me not thing when you were younger, when you were a kid? did you ever go through that?
1: Uh fantastic exercise. yeah fantastic exercise. You know what? I, I I don't think I ever did it in earnestness. I don't I don't have any memory of it at all. So I but I'm assuming I must have because I feel like we all have done that to some degree. What about you? A lot of empty-petaled
0: flowers up at my my A lot, room.
1: A lot of a lot of flower murder. A lot, of sad-looking flowers with no <laughs> petals. Fair. Did you
0: generally? Did you? Did you? Were you fairly super superstitious, or like, would you do things like if I if this happens, this is going to happen for me? Like you're nervous about something that was going to happen, and you are like, remember doing that like before basketball games when I was like a little kid? I'd be like, oh, if if I do this thing and it, 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 if I shoot this thing into the garbage can, I'm going to have a great game today, or like set something up like that. Would you, would you do things like I, that?
1: you know what to a degree i mean i certainly remember you know when playing sports um in high school and in college that i would be superstitious about like <clears throat> excuse me i would be superstitious about like changing my socks that if sure. that if you yeah if, i remember my senior year of high school on the soccer team we ended up winning the first championship in the school's history for soccer Nice and. We I don't remember why we decided this, but we all decided it must have been because of our socks. So for an entire <laughs> season, we didn't wash our socks. Wow, our uniform socks because wow. that that was the secret magic that was making us win the title. There it is. Uh, those socks are probably out walking around somewhere right now. Ooh, that was a rough. that have been rough at the end of that really season. Rough. I can only imagine. Really mm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: What do you think about this uh, "sex me, sex me not" thing? Is it stanky as well?
1: Well, I'll say this. So I literally have
0: down as my first note. This is a stanky little song. Isn't that weird?
1: (laughs) That is weird. Anyway, Uh, I have. uh, So leave your sister and your underwear at home is pretty funny. That's a pretty funny line. It is. I
0: wrote the same Um, thing. I wrote that line down, too.
1: So this song lyrically works a lot better for me than, say, underneath the cream does, Mm -hmm. because I think it's it's funnier. It's more plainly stating what it is, um, which is pretty great. It's also a groove. For sure. For sure. And I feel like it is flip sides to underneath the cream. It's like, it's a mm. flip side to that song. Um, and it almost feels, uh, musically, I'd be curious what your take is on this. It almost feels a little dirty mind ish to me in terms of its mm. musicality, the the sort of the stripped down nature of it. Don't get me wrong. It's not as daring as anything on dirty mind, but sure. it feels, it feels related to that, to, huh. those songs in that album. So I, I like sex me, sex me not. What did, what did you make of it?
0: I I don't have a ton to say. I think it's, I think it's effective. Like, and I, like I said, I wrote stanky little thing here. It's like a stanky little nasty thing. I, I wrote down the very same lyric you, 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 mentioned and referenced. It has a sneaky little James Brown lyrical drive to it. Like, you know, like it kind of like has that little stabs of lyrics where it's like grooving underneath it. Um, but the arrangement kind of hides that a bit, but I think it's there. I think there's a little, a bit of, um, of James Brown foundation under this. Um, but he 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 does a good job of like not making it so obvious like sexy MF or uh, yeah or right part one and two um and I like there's like some great synth licks in this I think it it drives like I think this is a this is another fun fun jammy track for for this album
1: yeah agree agree yeah. all right let's move on to track number nine from the Chocolate Invasion this is titled am I pronouncing it rightly is it Camila is that your right guess or? is as good as mine on this one so let's Camila just yeah. Ever the the Toho pictures, the giant you know monsters in rubber suits like Godzilla and all those guys. No, Did I that? didn't. No,
0: because
1: Gamila sounds like the name of one of those monsters. Like there was one that was named. Uh, um, uh, oh, um, what was his name? It was uh, Gamora. Oh. He he was a giant turtle, a tur a giant turtle thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was one named Hydra. Uh, who was uh m- like made of like oil? Like he was a, he was like a, a like a like a cautionary tale about environmental. Discussion. Oh no,
0: kidding! What was the big moth thing in the- Mothra?
1: That was Mothra. Oh, it was Mothra. Okay, yeah, there okay. was Mothra and Godzilla, and there was uh, Rodan, who was the um, artist of the group. He was the did he did he do we he, he made these sculptures made uh, of and, uh, hands a lot of hand sculptures a lot of hand, and like and then wow. the rest of the monsters be like are we gonna fight like i don't understand what's that happening would be
0: fucking, listen if he was making ha- like he'd make these hands and then they actually operated and like, oh that would be cool game?
1: yeah that would be pretty think, good oh there might be something there man there might be something there what did you make of this track Gamila?
0: You know what? I, I I like it. Like, I mean, I think it's 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 pretty like it's a pretty track, but it feels really out of place to me. Like, I don't it know. It does. I agree. I I think it's a pretty track. There's nice work by Najee. This is the first Najee song before he gets involved with the Rainbow Children projects. This is his first time on soprano sax. Um, you know, and I love how, like, Prince could make things interesting. He has strings like playing counter melodies in this. Like, it's it's pretty. It's fairly simple. But like I said, it just feels a little bit out of place in my mind, if news had maybe a bonus like Northeast or Southeast track, it could be this one. This feels like it could be on news. Yeah. Right. And I think it'd be a nice addition to that, that if he had like a bonus track, that was like uh, something else. So what did you think of it?
1: Not dissimilar. I mean, this, this has the feel to me as many of his instrumental pieces do of being part of like a film soundtrack, a film score. And it makes me wonder how often Prince, there were visuals in his mind as he wrote and recorded these instrumental pieces yeah uh, if there were scores of movies in his mind um i think it's fine i suppose musically it does it feels stuck in the 80s somehow particularly those horns it, they, they, those horns sound very 80s-ish to me um it certainly doesn't sound like a 21st century for whatever that's worth so i mean it's fine you know like it's fine i mean but to your point it does really stand out on this album as like here's the one thing that's not like the others at all
0: and i just i just ping the the research team very quickly as we were talking and to my surprise this was actually supposed to be part of the high album that's
1: interesting the sequence is
0: as track seven on the on the high album interesting okay yeah
1: so what do we know what nothing we don't know it we don't know (laughs) nothing that's for sure
0: uh all right um so I guess we're going down to our last track, which is called You Make My, so my Sunshine. Mm-hmm.
3: You cannot even see that behind your back he, he calls, calls your you, name, but you're still
0: what's the what's your favorite song about sons father sons sons oh father
1: sons sons yeah um oh that's oh that's good off the top of my head i'm not sure um you know what there's a there's a Ed, as you know i'm a big um pearl jam fan that's and correct this correct. past year eddie vetter released a new solo album that's called earthling and there's a track on that album called My Father's Son, which I actually think is quite, quite good. It's quite a quite an effective song. How about you?
0: Well, there's what is it? Mother Son Reunion. Is that the track from Simon Garfunkel? The Mother
1: and Child Reunion. Mother yeah. and Child. But I'll yeah. tell you,
0: I was thinking, of what's the John Lennon track?
1: Pretty. Beautiful Boy. Beautiful Boy. That's yeah, a that's pretty, a great song. That's a great song. That's Beautiful pretty, Boy is a great song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, all right. Well, what do you think about speaking of songs? What do you think about this one?
1: Well, I think this is a solid old school R&B burner. Um, I think that the Angie Stone vocal on here is maybe the strongest part of the track, to be honest. Mm -hmm. The bridge has a, a, speaking of John Lennon, I feel like it has a beatles quality to me, the bridge Mm -hmm. of this song. Uh, I like this. I like it a lot. While I don't think it's particularly groundbreaking in any way, but I don't think it has to be. I think it's doing exactly what it's setting out to do. And I think the, the lyric... You make my sun shine at night, yeah. and, and the way, the way that rhythmically that night hits as he, the the vocal of it, I like, I dig it a lot. So, um, and then we we get an almost sort of gospelly breakdown at the end with hand claps and Prince doing some fun things with his vocals, and so I'm 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 here for you. Make the sunshine. I think it's a pretty solid closer as well. So I'm a fan of it. What do you What do you make of it?
0: Similar. I I think this is really good solid, effective, straight-ahead gospel. Um, Great vocal from Prince, as you would expect on this. And I, I have to say, this might be one of my favorite duets he's done with somebody. Like Angie pretty Stone, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Angie Stone really holds, like, to your point, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying better. I'm not sure I'd have to go back and listen to it again to really compare the two, but this is not she's not a minor player in the song like he has no other duets like she's really holding her ground on this and she's really adding to the track
1: where's so, angie stone now is she still knocking around is
0: she still doing stuff don't know um and by the by i this is me catching up to the thing i mentioned earlier she's not from philly she's from south carolina
1: oh she's from carolina
0: and i remember reading uh, a review i was trying to do some research on the different tracks that now we were. We, I was relating back on the musicology album. I kept going back to D'Angelo and saying like Prince was yeah. trying to up him with this and that and the other thing. Someone said when he wrote this song, no better way to up, um, to sort of do a one-up on on D'Angelo and say, hey, I'm going to write a track as effective as Untitled, and I'm going to take your girlfriend to ha- help me sing it. <laughs> yeah, that's very Prince. <laughs> so there it is, right? Yeah, that's um, very Prince. And, you know, and I know this is such a, a minor, like maybe a minor thing, but what is it about? hand claps there's something about the addition of that at an end of a gospel song or gospel kind of inspired song it lifts everything up and it's that that general sound of two hands like you know hitting each other it's so effective I I, I just I I just marvel at that like and he does that on the um still withstand all time on graffiti bridge like I find like that to be one of the highlight moments of that song where the hand claps start coming in like there's just something about that. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you're, you're, I think it.
1: I think you're right. hundred percent. I think there's something about, well, one other than our voice, our hands are our first musical instrument, right? Yeah. The yeah. First instrument we have as, as our hands. And I also think that uh, in these, in this context in particular, the communal aspect of it, you know, like it, it's not just, it can't be just Prince clapping his own hands. It's many people clapping their hands and we do that for, we we do that for rhythm. We do that to applaud, you know, sure things that we admire, or whatever you know, or get
0: someone's attention, right? So it's it very expressive. or to get someone's
1: attention. Right. So it it feels like a very primal way to express something. I yeah. think, yeah. Um, and I think that's why it speaks to us. Uh, and and, and also, um, maybe the reason it's so uplifting because I agree with you. It is. It's so uh, very human. In the there end. you go. I think Black that man. might be
0: it. And I yeah. think also when you have, and of course, I love Prince with his technology, drum machine, the Lin, all that stuff. But there's something about about that. I went and saw.
1: You know, winton Marsalis. I sure do. I mean, he's not here right now, but <laughs> I know Wynton he's also. actually
0: coming in the door. That's why I was asking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Wait, you. Wait. Could you hey, hold wait, on a second? Is, this is my friend yeah. Jared. Tell Branford to wait outside. Jared, of the like, yeah. Hey, how, how you doing, Jay? Yeah. So, um I don't know if that's even sounded like him at all. But anyway. I saw he did something at the Kimmel Center um, in Philadelphia many years ago. Was and he talked about the history of rhythm. Yeah, and he said something got lost. I thought it was a really he's such a great speaker generally, but like so something got lost when we got away from hitting using our physical hands to either hit a skin, yeah. or clap, and we moved to you know computer from right. programming. And how much was lost in the whole idea of music, with that being taken away from? The oh, process. interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, but
1: yeah, th- yeah. Anyway. So. right on all right, right on. well we're done right. unbelievably Woo. we're done we're unbe- unbelievably done ed what is your favorite track on the chocolate invasion i'm gonna say hi oh interesting
2: yeah
0: oh, i'm okay. getting it, it is what it is like I just a jam and i'll go back if i'm like hey i want to put something on to just groove to let's put a high on and turn it up and just dance around like i i like i like having that um option okay how about all you right. i'm not sure it's not high
1: it's not high. I think it's You Make My Sunshine. I think oh, that's my wow. favorite. sure. It's, it's such a solid, solid, solid track. Yeah, yep. that's my favorite. Yeah. What's your least favorite? Probably My Medallion.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I again, I, it's not like, which is interesting about this album at all. I had trouble trying to figure out what my least favorite was, because I, I kind of like all of them. Yeah. I just think the content's a little, and like to spill the wine, like it's, again, I wouldn't skip it. But if right. I had to rank these, it, might, it probably would end up at the bottom of the heap.
1: Yeah. What about you? Um, I think it's the argument. I I make an argument in my own head for Vavoom being my least favorite, but I think it's underneath the cream because the lyrics bug me that much.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Even though I like the music on that, the lyrics and you know that's a. It's not like I hate it, but it it's the 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 lyrics just really bother me on that Gotcha. One. Yep, yep. Yep. What's What's the most interesting track? The opener when I lay my hands on you. Okay, what for me, you? it's Judas Smile because of the content, because I, of the 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 what's going on there with the language, the the totally anger and drive of it. Yeah. Yep. And what what is your best musical moment?
0: Yeah, I like um, on the high track. We'll take we'll take the track that I said was my fave around the three thirty two mark. Prince goes super high. With, yeah. He kind of goes. I'm gonna take you high, high, high. I really think that's a really effective moment in the song that kind of stands out. It's it it makes that a fun track, even more fun. What about you? Uh,
1: You know, uh, for me to reference something we just discussed, it's the last full minute of sunshine when it becomes a hand claps and they come in Claps and the gospel aspect of it. That's for me, the best musical moment of it. Totally get it. So what is your overall impression of the chocolate invasion? I really like it, Jared. I have to say Um, this
0: reminded me Cause I've never heard this as its own collection, like its own, you know, dedicated album. It reminded me how I felt when a new Prince album came out. Mm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's an interesting little thing. Oh, this grooves. Like, Oh, well that's an interesting little moment there. Like, so I really, I really like this. I dare I say, I probably like
1: this more than I like musicology. Wow. That's a bold statement. Interesting. Yeah. Um, i i I agree with you i think this is a much stronger connection than maybe a collection excuse me a much stronger collection than maybe one would think at first um i think there's a lot of really good musical ideas sprinkled throughout it and i was never bored while listening to it even if the lyrics bored me a little bit like you know regarding cream um i'm not sure i need to think about it more i'm not sure that this is like a forgotten overlooked gem but i i I definitely think it's worth a listen. i no no question about it. I mean, I like it more yeah. than I like it more than expectation, you know for sure. um so all that being said, how many prince symbols out of five do you give the chocolate invasion? I'd give this three and a half yeah i I gave I gave it three. I felt like a yeah. I, I felt really good about a three. I think this is definitely a good something to explore. If you've never listened to this one, folks, I think it's worth your time to give it a listen for sure.
0: Now I'm going to pause here to say this. I think it's worth just talking about him not going ahead with high or this release, but going with musicology. I kind of get it though. Cause this sounds like Prince. This is more a return to form to me. This sounds like Prince being Prince being dirty, being a little suggestive, nasty, funky, some, some, some very slippery um, pop funk in here. Musicology, which I still would say I probably don't like as much in terms of the collection, but it's a, it's Prince sounding a little different. This is Prince leaning into this mission statement we talked about in that podcast where he's talking about real musicians and, and, and name checking the past and kind of pulling that into his material. This sounds like Prince, um, just like sounds like Prince in the past versus yeah. maybe Prince filling out the sound with some old school 70s sounding like Mr. Man, all that. So I get why that was his choice. And I think it probably was the right choice to put that out in front of the public because I think that album's way more mainstream and sellable than this album would be, frankly. Even though I think there's better tracks on this on this collection, I think because of the of the content, like it's a little it's a little sexy, it's a little dirty. I don't think it would have got maybe the attention that Musicology did, which was a little more cleaned up and ready to right. be presented to a mass mass audience. Fair enough. I don't know, what do you? I don't know if you were to compare it to what would you what would you say?
1: If I was going to compare it to something else.
0: To like musicology, um, like his, in terms of like, hey, he could have uh, released high and made that his breakout big return album, or it could right. be musicology.
1: I think, well, it's an interesting, it's certainly an interesting thought experiment to sort of just wrestle with what could have been or would have been. And I, I you know, uh, I
0: got to stop living in the past. Is that what you're trying to tell me?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just in general. But I think that. um You know, sort of the history of pop music is littered with these, you know, abandoned projects. You know, not just by Prince. Like, there's, there's, I feel like there's so many mythological albums that you think, oh, what would have happened if, if, you know, you know, and there's probably some alternate universe where High was the album that came out. Um, I think that I don't think I I don't prefer to musicology because I do think that musicology's declaration of intent is very important for what he was trying to do with his career Mm -hmm. um you know i mean even the title track musicology i think does that so but i i think that this would be a really good if this had gotten an official release Mm -hmm. i think this could have done pretty well um uh, because it does feel like a good um companion piece to to musicology in that way Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of a return to form you know blah 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 so but i don't know i mean who knows who knows what would have happened and 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 who knows what high if it had come out who knows how it ultimately would have been sequenced or how it would have been mastered and you know mixed and like all those sorts of things so who knows maybe high would have been a better project yeah gotcha it's hard it's hard to hard to say gotcha okay um so i think it is speaking of that though i think it's time for
3: musicology um
1: so I guess you know what Ed, I'll go first on musicology this week. Please one. do. Um I actually had a few different my, my mind was going in a few different places. Wow, for okay, I like it. Um and some of it was about like theme and thematic and and you know sort of the idea. Anyway, I this is where I came down, and I feel like <laughs> this is another week where I'm sort of recommending a U2 album in a in a manner of speaking. Could you
0: stop doing that already? All these, you know, albums.
1: it's a little ridiculous. But um, as you and I mentioned, the the Gamila track is the one that really stands out as the one that's not like the others. Yeah. And so as a result of that, because it's so it's such the oddball on this collection, it kind of stuck in my head longer. And that made me think of this. Um, there's a there's a late '90s U2 album that's not really U2. It's called Passengers. You know this album, man? I
0: don't know. Mm-mm.
1: So '90, uh, I think it was '96. I think they released this album called. On on, they changed their name from U2 to Passengers. Essentially, it was U2 with Brian Eno if Brian Eno was a member of you too they called this the passengers and they released this album called original soundtracks 1 okay and it was a collection of mostly instrumental pieces for imaginary films
0: <laughs> that sounds like a fun project
1: yeah and i like it a lot it, but it's not an easy listen some of it is some of the stuff is sort of tough to get through mm-hmm. you have to work at it a little bit but there are some real gems on that record including a song called your blue room, which Bono has gone on record of saying many times, is one of his favorite songs of his own catalog. Wow. Yep. So um it, again, it's not directly related to this. It's not musical musically related to it at all. It was just that after doing the review of the record, I kept thinking about how weird it was that Gamila is on here and that it sounds like soundtrack music to me. Gotcha. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my thought process with this uh with this musicology selection so the 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 group is called passengers and the title is called original soundtracks one so that's where i came down on for me i like it
0: i like it how about I'm, you i'm gonna go with guys after we talked about that last track go fill your soul and go and go back if you don't have it get it or listen to it go take check out aretha franklin amazing grace
1: oh man
0: and do what you yeah. need to do fill your soul up with stuff do it that though,
1: is yeah. oh, that is a towering, towering record. Um, so good. That's a big one. That's a big one for me. That Amazing Grace album. Did you see that? Did you see the re-release of the film when it came out? No, I have to. Is it streaming now? Like, where, where can you find it? I that? don't know if it's streaming. I saw it in the theater. I oh, saw it okay. in the And there's an amazing moment in that movie. Folks, if you don't know this, uh, Aretha Franklin recorded this live gospel album at her father's church. Um, what year was that, Ed? Like seventy-two or something like that. Yeah, I can find out.
0: I'm not sure exactly. It
1: some, was. Something like that. But while you're watching the movie, and the church is packed, it's filled with people who are who are here for the show. Um, Mick Jagger and Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones come in, <laughs> and and in the beginning of the concert, they're hang, they're just hanging in the back. They're standing against the wall, and then as the as the movie goes on. They get closer and closer to the front, so by the end of the film, they're they're down in the front row and they're they're getting all into it, which Love is it. Pretty, pretty wild. But the, yeah, that Amazing Grace record is it's really unbelievable. Yeah, definitely check it out, folks. Do that. Cool. Cool. All right. Should we go? So your for- favorite? One of
0: your favorites?
3: dig it Dig I
0: picked.
1: Na
3: na 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 na.
0: Woo.
1: And what do you dig about this picture? Anything? No, no, nothing at all. Nothing. Yeah, the answer is nothing. (laughs) It looks. Sorry, it looks. I mean, I understand that there wasn't. This wasn't meant for a wide release initially. I mean, I get that. The colors are vibrant and bold, I guess, which is something to say. But beyond that, man,
0: sure, sure. Um, and I don't know who who did the artwork. Do you know who it was? I don't. Yeah. Um. I mean, this this style was very prominent for him for the music club. Like this was all over his website. Um, this these types of drawings or these types of characters were omnipresent there. Um, but like,
1: yeah, I'm not a fan. Like, I just there's this not no, it's not good. I, I mean, don't like it.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how you describe that. There's a, a a lady on the front cover um in a white dress, it's cut ridiculously low. Um, and I is I guess it's just like an NPG medallion let's say yes I, I guess so um, my medallion perhaps yeah and she's pointing up to the title of which is called the mbg music club volume one and chocolate invasion kind of in very small print on the bottom right um, It's it has a 70s kind of funk look to it which it i guess does. browns and yellows and whatnot and yeah it does. Some disc, to your point disco looking um shadows kind of people in the back like just um silhouettes um mm. but yeah it's it's yeah it's not a particular
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's
0: not It'd be in my lower, lower ring of lower tier. My ninth ring of hell of his <laughs> circle of hell of his album. <laughs> Judas is probably digging. This it's probably yeah, is probably right yeah. now. Let me speak.
1: Um, so, Ed, from there, let us go on to the. Oh, thing can, I,
0: can I pause you just to say this? I just yeah. want to give a shout out to a listener um, from uh, uh, who was on our Facebook page. Um, let me just find this really quick, folks. This is from our, our a newer listener, um, Todd who actually disagreed, Jared, with you and I on the cover of Musicology. Really? Um, What did Tom have to say? He said, I like it. Not that it's an amazing work of art, but I always thought the background on Musicology was tree branches symbolizing family tree or or roots of music. Um, The genealogy of music could be called Musicology. And what was interesting was that started a thread here on the Facebook page, and our good friend Bonnie actually has a vinyl copy of it. Okay. And on the inner sleeves, there's actually a lot of like old, you know, those old like diagrams. I don't know, but is there a name for those things where it's like, um, what would those be called? It was like old, like scientific diagrams of like music waves and things like that on the inner sleeves that actually look kind of cool, I have to say. Okay. And I said uh, in my thread, hey, if he had used something like that on the front cover, I would have thought that would have been really effective. And then it's funny as... We were going through the thread. Bonnie said, I thought those weren't trees. I thought maybe those might be nerve endings, like hearing. Like, it's more like that nerves that allow you to hear than it is actually tree branches. And then we examined even more. It looked like there might be some sheet music very subtly behind it all. So there might be a lot more. I still don't like the the cover, may I say. But there might be a little bit more there than we thought. So maybe there is. Shout out to Shout out to him for bringing that up and starting a conversation on the
1: Facebook page. We love when folks do that. Please do that, everybody. We love it. We do love it. It's true. We do love it. Um, Excellent. Great. Perfect. <laughs> um, thank you, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Todd, welcome. You are very welcome. We're glad to have you here. Um, so, Ed, I think it's time for the fan favorite feature, the FFF. How did that happen? It's Is it called
3: question of
0: you to question of you
1: Ed what is this week's a question for you I'm gonna make it somewhat easy for okay uh, so
0: the song Vavoom no yes that's sorry right, that's right the song Vavoom I yes. there for a second um, so purportedly, Prince offered this to a uh, female R&B artist who was not so impressed with this track. Oh, is that right? As the story goes. Yeah. She was like her and her entourage were like, eh, I don't think I'm going to sing this. And they, passed? and they passed. passed. On they passed on it all together. And then Prince just grabbed it and took it and used it. Um, So I'm trying to give you guys a little more content or context here, or like maybe some clues. Um, it's actually a singer who gets... Now, this is probably too on the money. It'd be too easy. This is a, an R&B singer from the... I guess her, her heyday would have been more in the 90s, early 90s, would you say, Jared? Early Probably. To yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, folks. Well, you know the drill. Uh, hit us up, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can email us at whendovespodcast all lowercase, at gmail.com, with your answers to this week's a question for you. Who is the artist that Prince offered Vavum to that who then passed on it? And, and just to make the story even richer, supposedly she came out to Paisley
0: Park with her entourage and he played it for her. And she was like, eh. imagine doing that. You uh, out the hey, Prince,
1: and, eh, I'm, I'm no good. Thanks. I'm good. We'll thanks. Pass. It's very interesting. Um, now, Ed. um, we have had because we've had some interviews and the holiday, you know, Thanksgiving got in the middle there. Yep. We have a bunch of responses, I think, oh, to, cool. to previous questions for you. Um, you might remember, Ed, that when we did the news episode, yeah. Uh your trivia question was, um, what was the name of the band that Prince did work for when he was still in high school? Right, right, right. We, we had some responses to that. And I gotta tell you, one of them was very exciting. Do you remember our old friend Paul Martinez? We haven't heard from Paul in quite Welcome a while. Welcome
0: back, Paul Martinez.
1: Welcome back, indeed, Paul Martinez. We haven't heard from him since May. Wow. In fact. But he said in response to the news question for you, he wrote, Easy stuff, brohams. <laughs> brohams. 94 East. My man nailed it. Bro Paul nailed it. Paul nailed it. Paul wasn't the only one. We also had, and Ed, do you remember our old friend, the Europe traveling, globe trotting Annie Ward? Our old friend Annie Ward. Oh, my Ward. God,
0: it's been so long. It's yeah, been, been so, so long Annie. Since,
1: right? Annie also got 94 East without any problem or hesitation. Love it. And Ed, there's one more. Um, another old friend. People came back. They They came back, Ed. They stepped away and they came back. I love it. I love it. You remember, Ed, our other old friend, our good friend, Addy, from Germany. Oh, my goodness. This is great. We haven't heard from it in a bit. Addy is back on the map also. Guten tag, my friend. Guten tag. (laughs) Guten (laughs) tag to Addy. He also got this answer correct, 94 East. He nailed it uh, very much so. He also says that he's enjoying the musicology section. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I am also. Yes, I'm glad to hear that, too, um, which is very nice. Adi, good to hear from you. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, we hope you are well, uh, which is really good. And then um, I also wanted to say that um, we've heard a couple times from uh, Mr. Maddie Alexander, uh, yeah. who is this this season's MVP is Maddie Alexander. I mean, He's there's no question. leading about,
0: candidate for sure.
1: Leading candidate. Um, he also got 94 east said it was easy.
0: Oh man, I'm telling Look you. Look at all these people just mocking you. Oh, you know me. I I, I double, then I get I, okay, I'm going to come back with a vengeance. You have
1: to come back with a vengeance and yeah. like bring the hammer down on these people. Oof, oof. You know, l- listen, let's just say no one gets any of the jazz questions right and all of a sudden they think they know everything. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> uh but you know what? Uh Mrs. Maddie Alexander says hi to us by the way. Hello. Yeah. Uh, her name is Denise uh and Matt calls her Nisi apparently okay which, which you know i got to say um i mean i think that's questionable <laughs> I'm, don't man, make that I'm, just, I'm just saying nisi fan of that one yeah i'm just saying it. but we 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 are glad that they have responded um which is awesome um and then uh from there ed yeah what was the next question that next was the question. this was a question for musicology Right. Right. So the
0: question was uh, a a very famous um, African-American intellectual, political activist, um, et cetera, et cetera, took the Dear Mr. Man track and put it on his own album with him doing vocal overdubs, spoken word overdubs to the track. Name that person.
1: Exactly. And uh, Matt Alexander came back. And he said that the answer is Dr. Cornel West. Bing, ding, ding. That's my man. He did that it again. That is correct, Matt. Well done again. Um, So, Matt, that is correct. He also, Matt wanted to add his own little musicology to that week's episode. Sure. He recommends Al Green's 2003 release, I Can't Stop, as okay. a good companion piece. Um, uh, And he said it was his first album in 10 years and was touted as his comeback album. Sort of getting back to his roots, it was solid classic R and B, lots of horns, and of course Al's s- silky, soulful voice. Nice. That's Matt's uh, Mattie's re- uh, answer for that. Um, I don't know if I have any other Cornell West answers. Let me.
0: Yeah, and I don't think yeah. I
1: know. I think Steph took a, a
0: try uh, from the Facebook page, but he did not get it correct. But I we appreciate him giving that a shot. And I want to give Steph a shout out because he also offered a musicology um selection and his was and you know i'll appreciate this terrence terrence trent darby's vibrator
1: album wow he's speaking your language oh he my man buddy look at
0: supermodel sandwich with cheese is a funky little track if anyone wants to hear that and i was going to say to steph to you I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this album if you're aware of that that's such a that's deep down into the catalog of terrence trent symphony or damn was a really great album of his from the 90s so if you haven't heard that anybody give that a listen that's some, there's some really good songs on that track i'm that album i'm sorry but thanks, Steph, for that suggestion. And we love when folks add, add to the conversation. So please go to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page. Email us at wendovespodcasts at gmail.com. I'm assuming that's what it is, right? Um, That's what it is. Do as it, far as I know. Do it, folks. So we appreciate all this stuff. We love that folks are getting um, engaged and involved. We appreciate it so so much.
1: We do. We love it. It's super fun for us, and we're glad when when old folks, uh, old folks, old friends. <laughs> uh, I don't know how old any of these people are. I'm not. I'm not an ageist like Ed is. Uh, I'm. It's I'm uh, Certainly. doesn't like anybody over the age of 35. Um, Which was why I hate myself. But go ahead. and continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right um so but yeah we love hearing from everybody thanks for reaching out it makes it makes it a lot a lot more fun for us which is really great so um we have uh ed we are in december uh unbelievable i can't believe it i can't believe we're in december so we are going to have a few more episodes before the holidays are upon us yep um a couple of little bonus things and then i think the next album is going to be the slaughterhouse right we're going to yep. do that
0: yeah, I think we'll finish the year with Slaughterhouse review. I think we'll have a nice little Christmas surprise or holiday surprise for y'all in the, yeah. in the making, and then we'll probably take a little break for a while through the holidays just to kind of catch our breath. And then um, I think we'll be the the ideas would be uh, kicking off 2023 with a review of 3121, which I know is a, a favorite of many listeners. So indeed. Um, And we might maybe have something even special in line for that review. Maybe.
1: Yeah, we have a little secret plan that we're thinking about uh, for that. So people keep tuned for that one, which will be which will be good. So uh, but yeah, thanks, everyone, uh, as always, for listening, for tolerating our (laughs) our nonsense as we go off on really bizarre tangents. Uh, um, But we're very grateful for all of that.
0: Absolutely. Love you all. Um. Have a great week. We'll be back. Um, talk to you soon. And uh, until we talk to you next time, we
1: say, may you live to see the dawn. Love you, everybody. Bye.